Hey, Greg, pass me the hyper spanner. Which one's the hyper spanner? It's the one that looks like uh, a hyper spanner. Anyway, just hurry up, or Commander LaForge is going to make us clean out the spit valve and Riker's trumpet again. Man, Commander LaForge is stricter than a packled wildebeest. What's a packled wildebeest? I don't know. What are you two morons doing? We're evacuating to the saucer section. We're, we're realigning the warp coils, Lieutenant Mark, sir. Commander LaForge can confirm our orders. Commander LaForge is a bit busy with a warp core breach right now. A breach? When did that happen? Did, did you two not hear the impacts of the Klingon torpedoes? Or the red alert? Or this? Warning. Impact with Viridian 3 in one minute. Oh, that? That's no big deal. Yeah, the captain gets us out of these scrapes basically every week. Captain Picard is not on board. Well, what? Where, where is he? He was on Viridian 3 trying to stop Soren from destroying the Viridian Sun, but he couldn't, I guess. So he went into that Nexus thing to go ask Captain Kirk, you know, from the original Enterprise, for help. When they both come back, they're going to double Captain Punch Soren or something. Wow, this plot sounds really convoluted. Yeah, I think Captain Picard needs our help. Computer, run program, I have some notes. Running program. I have some notes. This is the uh, the podcast where we take uh, wonderful but flawed movies and try to fix them because we know what we're doing and movie producers don't. My name is Colin McIntyre. And I'm Greg Beaver. Uh, around the table we have assembled a... Greg, we have a, 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 a cast of Trek experts who I believe... Trek experts. Trek experts. <laughs> we have uh, Samantha Power, Adam Rosehart, Adam Rosenhart from um, CGSR's All Inventive Purposes. Intensive purposes. Intensive purposes. Sorry, intensive purposes. My, my apologies. All good. Uh, and they are, they are by far the trekkiest people. Probably the trekkiest people I think we know. Well, we like talking about it. It's like all we do on our show. Yeah. yeah. And we, we play music, too. Sometimes. <clears throat> we play music so that we can talk about more Trek off-air. Star Trek, Star Trek-related music? Yeah. Uh, Sometimes. Actually, yeah. <laughs> the Leonard, yeah. The, the Leonard yeah. Nimoy album? Did you play, like, like the Hobbit song? We've played that. We played Chatner's album. Uh, we played Chatner's album. We played his entire album. No, no. okay. <laughs> we wouldn't subject our listeners to that much chat. Do we save that for fun drive? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's, that's a fun drive. I just thought it was maybe your bed music. Like, are you just talking over it? I did used to play that that's album when I worked at a cafe. Oh yeah, like on Saturday mornings, it provoked a lot of reaction. Yeah. So, like I, people leaving. Just confused. <laughs> looks like what is happening right now? Because he's got like monologues on it. It's super weird. Doesn't really sing. Now, 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 the reason we have uh, Star Trek experts is because the the movie we're uh, going to be fixing today is Star Trek Generations, the 1994 uh, dramatic space opera, which was the uh, the 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 first the first Star Trek. It was the first Star Trek Next Generations film, featuring the Next Generation cast. Uh, but it was also supposed to be this kind of this handover movie 
uh, where uh, you where you you're basically handing over from Captain Kirk to Picard if the we, passing of the torch the passing of the torch from one generation to the so, next is. so the the, <laughs> the the Wikipedia entry says it's a 1994 American science science fiction movie this movie's 22 years old I don't like thinking about that oh my gosh <laughs> uh, it is the seventh feature film based on uh, it was the seventh feature film based on Star Trek and it is the the, the first film that features the next generation cast and teaming up with Captain James D Kirk. Uh, the film received mixed reviews from critics, but performed well at the box office. It made 118 million dollars. I find that so surprising. Worldwide, on a budget of 35 million dollars. However, in the 12 Star Trek films they've made to date, it is actually eighth. But it is it is grow it is slightly behind the Search for Spock, but ahead of the Undiscovered Country, Insurrection, The Final Frontier, and the. Almost the barely broke even Star Trek Guinness. So that a- sound you're hearing is the look of disgust on Samantha's face. <laughs> it's ahead of Undiscovered Country. Yes, yes, I know. Not crazy. by much. Not that by is much. ridiculous. Not 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 by much. So 1994, it came out like immediately after the series wrapped. Yeah, that was actually what we were discussing before. Yeah, yeah, they just went straight into it. I was looking at this. So this book I have is a compilation of. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation sort of saying goodbye to the series and the last chapter is the creation of generations and the scenes at the end are them actually like destroying the actual sets yeah that they were using hmm. yeah the they're taking time. down the uh, the bridge set and everything like yeah, that yeah and like the destruction of the enterprises the physical destruction of the sets yeah if, if that same book was written today that chapter would just be the poop emoji <laughs> But I'm actually, I'm actually not surprised that it did well, though, because it is the first movie, yeah, the first generation's movie, and I remember as like a 12-year-old or whatever going to the theater being super excited. I took my whole family to and go see it. You're probably still apologizing for that. <laughs> now, did was did you was did you like drag your family like like okay like if you don't take me to this movie, I'm holding my breath. Yeah, I'm going on a strike Basically. at the same time. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Basically, actually, how, well, how, I will actually, well, let's let's uh, we'll maybe talk about some kind of like some some interesting factoids about the film because Greg not only watched the movie but subjected himself to these special features. <laughs> I actually watched some of them in one point five times because they were so boring. Uh, <laughs> I was like, these guys, this has to end faster. <laughs> there was there was uh, they were talking about the the special effects. Uh, for the ribbon and stuff like that, yeah. and talking about like, oh, we're using computer graphics and stuff like that, <laughs> and, and there was like a whole thing where they're just they they had a whole section just about the the opening sequence with the champagne bottle Seriously? christening the, the Enterprise whole? B. Yeah, it was <laughs> it had to be like two or three minutes long, and it seems so ridiculous now because they're like, oh, we you know we we wanted to use a real bottle at first, but, you know, we just couldn't make it work because the bottle is so reflective that anything, if, when we try and light it, it would just reflect everything off of it and it wouldn't look like it's in space, right? Also... So then we decided to use computers <laughs> to animate <laughs> a champagne bottle, and it went on and on, and then he compared the champagne bottle to the monolith in the 2001 A Space Odyssey, and I was like, okay... okay. <laughs> You're okay. like two times as fast. So, so, <laughs> so we took what made great and what, what made Terminator 2 super great, put it on a champagne bar. <laughs> in space. Well, what, I, what I remember being a big issue when the movie came out was the stellar cartography lab. Oh, yeah. And the computer graphics it took to oh, create. Oh, yeah. I like that sequence. In the, yeah. I do too, actually, the like moving. You mean Google Earth? Yeah. <laughs> Google Space. Google Space. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> hey, NASA, can we borrow a computer for this scene? Yeah. Yeah. 
No. Let's use some of the footage from Hubble. No probs. Siri, <laughs> uh, show me Starbucks and just like. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they've got one on like they got like five on every planet. It's crazy. I do the the um, the idea of the production meeting. Um, I feel like I feel like it was all Shatner. Just like no, I have to be in the first movie. Like I can't let go of this yet. And and write my character that way too. Like I can't let go of this. Yeah. It was uh, anyway. We'll talk about how yeah. awful it was. Like, I don't but, know because but I, everything about everything about that about the movie feels like Shatner was stuffed in <laughs> into you know? his uniform. Hi, <laughs> 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 Answer this question for me because I didn't have a chance to look it up. Who wrote the film? Who wrote the film? Who wrote? Who directed the? Now I believe actually the the people who were actually involved in the show actually made the show. So Rick, so Rick Berman uh, was involved with it. I'm so glad to he hear was, that. He was he yeah. was the producer because this will help me make a point later. Okay. Uh, now as far as the right, I'm quickly skimming through. Now I, I did actually say as I'm skimming through that the actually the entire original cast was supposed to be in this movie. Really, so everyone was supposed mm-hmm. to be in it. Uh, everyone but three turned them down. Yeah. And actually, knew, and uh, Leonard Nimoy was actually asked to direct the movie, and he's like, "Hey." <laughs> so they so three they cast three of the original cast yeah. and brought in some random to be Sulu's daughter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. How much of that must have burned the Next Generation cast that they were asking the original crew to direct the film when they had had tons of directing credits on the series before that? Yeah. 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 Especially Frakes. Yeah. <laughs> Frakes and LaForge. <laughs> LaForge. Yeah. Hey, Spock, can you direct it? No. Okay, well, I guess we'll just go with someone who's not related to the cast. Yeah. I, no, I, I did. I, so uh, David got Car- his turn, though. Yeah. yeah. And it Who was, was also this David Carson guy? I wrote down his name. Yeah. David, you know, he actually did direct a couple episodes of, of Next Generation. Um, he actually directed um, some episodes of uh, Deep Space Nine as well. Hmm. Um, so he does. He does have some Star Trek shops. The movie was written by the screenplay was by Ronald D. Moore. And, uh, no, Ronald D. Moore. Disgraceful. <laughs> wow. Um, you have uh, to hope that it went through enough rewrites that it's not really. Yeah. Him. And that's Ronald D. Moore of Battlestar Galactica fame. Yeah. Which, which, as I believe Sam told me, yeah. is what Star Trek Voyager was supposed to be. Wasn't that what BSG turned into? Like, mm. a, a group of humans abandoned in space, and he couldn't make it work in the Star Trek world. Uh, my understanding is that he took most of his inspiration from his work on Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Fair enough. That's a, it, it, that follows, because it's very, uh, like, DS9 is very political, and, uh, yeah. you know, lots of religion and uh, sort of aspects to it. Yeah. 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 And he did, like... He took that universe much darker, and he wanted to go further with that, and so Battle or Battlestar, that's sort of where that came yeah, from. Yeah, hmm. that makes total sense. So Ronald Moore wrote it. Yeah, well, he co-wrote it with uh, with, with uh, Brandon Braga. And, uh, yeah, that yeah. guy sucks. No, <laughs> no he does objectively suck. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon Braga. You're, you're, you're getting some notes. Get <laughs> yeah. um, out your pen and paper. Is there, Someone should have given you 22 years ago. <laughs> is there anything you want to say as far as this kind of like, like interesting factoids before we start talking about the, oh, like, the, I, I do want to add this because this will blow your goddamn mind. Let's do that. Uh, so you know how the movie looks awful and it's yes. lit terribly? Yes. They, apparently they got the cinematographer from Chinatown. Really? To, to do the work for Star Trek Generation. They were like, you're in space, but try and work in as much sunshine as you can. <laughs> it was it was really strange. It, it was really bright. 
and and so many hard shadows everywhere. Yeah. Like just like just like breaking like the most basic rules of lighting a scene properly. I actually remember seeing it in the theater, and there's that scene where Picard is in his quarters talking to Deanna Troy and going through his, his picture book. Yeah. And you can't see anything? Yeah, and I was just like, as a, even as a young person, I was like, this feels wrong. Yeah. Also, why isn't he using an iPad? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And, and like the photos just had like little holographic foil around yeah. it. Like, well, those are Ooh. pictures of the future. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, and then he goes Facebook back to right. rescue that book, and you're just like, you don't you didn't digitize your family <laughs> yeah, photos? The card. This is on the cloud. Okay, this is a really nerdy, nerdy Star Trek point. Did you but did you notice before he he picked up that album, uh, he picked up the Curlinescus? From you remember what that is? Like from the episode where they are they find that alien race who's like who created all oh, the hominids everywhere. Oh. Right? You mean so the founders. Has, yeah, so there's this this piece this piece of artwork that he loves so much, he's like, I can't believe you have this, this is amazing and in that scene he picks it up and then he goes, Pog drops <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, my album. <laughs> totally follows his life. Yeah, the pictures history to Price's paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> his the, love of space history. Uh, your comment about the, about the iPad is kind of funny because the one thing I noticed was there's, there's a scene where, you know, he's he hasn't told the crew yet what's bothering him, and he's, like, you know, barking at Riker, like, you make the call to, like, deep to Starfle- Starfleet. And he picks up like his little Star Trek iPad that's like you know, it's like the size of like a note, but he holds it so close to his face. He's basically just like it's like six inches from his face. And he's like, "No, you do it. Do you have do you have any problems?" He's it's like super close to his face. I actually know a guy who uses his iPhone that way. Oh, really? Just, just like got super really close to his face. Just like, yeah. <laughs> that's how I use my iPhone in the morning. <laughs> I haven't even put my contacts in yet. Let's uh, let's let's talk about uh, what are what are overall before we start we should, before we start fixing this film. Let's let's talk about what are overall broad impressions of the movie. So let's start we'll start on this uh, table. We'll go Greg Greg first. What's your overall thought? What's your overall you know, opinion of the film? My uh, my overall thought is that Kirk does not belong in this movie. <laughs> I really don't want him in this movie, which is kind of funny because I feel like. Ironically, he's also the strongest part of the film. Like the the opening sequence uh, where Kirk, you know, uh, saves the Enterprise B to his quote unquote doom uh, is you know was well set up. There's like he's he has like a little tiny bit of an arc. You know, he 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 wants he, he misses his adventure and then he gets to be involved in adventure. You know, he's sort of reluctant at first, and then he, you know, gets into helping to save the ship. So that whole sequence works really well, and there's lots of nice little setups, and you get some nice time with old characters that you love from the original series. But he's still like that. Like, it doesn't connect to anything. Right. Like, he, like the fact that he shows up later in the film, like that whole, the, that whole scene where he's in the, in the Nexus, you know, and he's cooking eggs for whatever <laughs> goddamn reason... Space you know. eggs. <laughs> Space <laughs> eggs for his hot wife. Yeah. yeah. None of it makes none of it makes sense because uh like in the beginning he's he misses being uh out in the you know, in, in space and having adventures and stuff like that. And then for some reason when he's in the Nexus, uh he's wanting to make things right with his old girlfriend. And stuff, and he doesn't want the adventure. It just doesn't like they just don't connect, and they're so. He basically redoes the battle, the internal battle he had with himself in the opening scene. Sort of, yeah. Except he goes. Except it's sort of the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. 
So I, I, I mean, I think there's, I think there's some interesting things. There's some interesting ideas, but none of them really connect. And that's kind of the whole thing. Like, like uh, Picard doesn't connect to the main villain, Sauron. Like, there's nothing really there for us to latch on to. You know, about the only uh, character in the movie that gets like a solid arc is Data. You know, what a waste. (laughs) But also just the most annoying. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that scene where he's laughing constantly is very irritating. It's hard to watch. It is. I was like, why doesn't Jordy just smack you already? Why is he being so tolerant? Yeah, why is he being so nice? Yeah, I'd have gotten in a bar fight with him. Well, you, and you think if you think if anyone actually had the ability to actually like kind of like tweak data, like just like run stuff up on the little tricorder, it would be Jordy. Just like, okay, I'm going to bring this down just a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, like turn, jo- let's turn him off and Jordy again. knows all of data's secrets, so he's yeah. just like, man, Dr- data's really pissing me off. Just like a remote yeah. volume control. <laughs> just <laughs> little. And everyone's slider. like, Jordy, that's not fair. He doesn't know. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> In the, in the reboot, Jordy will just be a jerk. Yeah, he'll just yeah. be like a big bully. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Data. <laughs> Getting Data to do his laundry and shit. <laughs> Adam Rosenhart, uh, <clears throat> thoughts on Star Trek Generation? Uh, I mean, I, I totally agree with Greg, but for me, the overarching thing with this film is there's way too much they're trying to put into it. You've got Worf's promotion at the beginning yep. taking place on a boat for some reason. You've got Data deciding to use his emotion chip. Which, I mean, I get the thread, like, that sort of hangs together with what happened when he shoved Beverly off the boat in that opening sequence, but, like, find a more meaningful way for this guy to be like, you know what, fuck it, I need to put this chip in my head right now to understand next-level stuff about being a human. You've got Picard hearing that his family's burned alive. You've got... Shattering the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah They're like, burned to death. I'm like, they couldn't just say, like, he passed away? Like, no. no. They burned to death in a fire. Not just alive. that, but, like, you couldn't think of a more reasonable, <laughs> less over-the-top motivation for him to want to do anything in the movie? Like, yeah. are you out of your minds? Anyway, <laughs> Shattering the Enterprise B, the, I understand what the studio said about wanting to hand things off to the next generation, as Greg put it. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to. That should never have happened. The Nexus, Sauron and Guinan. How come you didn't see those two interact? They come from the same race. You know, she says, like, two things about him, and then she vanishes back into the Nexus. And then the destruction of the Enterprise-D, like... Insane. What did... What was this all about? What's happening yeah. here? I didn't get it. Yeah. And then the destruction of the Enterprise, there's, like... It, it's like it hits pause... And then it's like, meanwhile, in the Nexus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, oh, I gotta they're go all back plumbing there. to their dune. But let's see, let's see what Picard's doing. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas in the Nexus. Oh. And like a bunch of them have just like hit their heads and like cracked their necks. Yeah. Like, can I? Can I just? Can I? Can like, take a quick time? Uh, just a quick, just a little sidetrack here, just on, on like his kids. So Jean-Luc Picard is French, correct? Like he's he's from France. <laughs> Quote unquote. Like, is he not? Is his character like? He's like, yeah. He, he's, and he speaks the Queen's French. <laughs> by gum. So, that was Mike. Was like, why does a French man from France have nineteenth century British children? Yeah, that's been an in- inconsistency throughout the entire. And series, oh my goodness. Though. Well, let's understand that, like, uh, for for American audience, the yeah. British accent is universal for foreign. I, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I was, my thought was like, well, maybe in like the twenty fourth century, uh-huh. it's just like Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, you that, speak European. That's not really that crazy. <laughs> that's reasonable. The dialects do change. It yeah. is 300 years in the future. Also, right. if you're going to take a, a Frenchman to a place where he's celebrating some 
milestone of the year. Shouldn't it be Bastille Day? <laughs> right? Good point. Good also, point. how lame is his ideal future? <laughs> Super yeah. lame. But it's like, there's like, there's like a, what, old what was toys. It? Old toys. There's a, a carousel <laughs> in the house. He's got a carousel in the house. But talk about like talk about um, Kirk's character not making sense for the whole series. Picard has rejected family. Yeah, his he's a careerist. Yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden we learn in the Nexus. He's like, oh, I know what I've been missing: Christmas with my children, with my eight small children, with like, my with my eight Jane, o- Jane Austen era children. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just, which at that point would have been like 500 years ago. Yeah. All so. I've wanted to do is live in the 18th century with my small British It's children. actually more like a Doctor Who episode. <laughs> yeah. If anything, Picard would be back on Risa. Yeah. Boning down with Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Going on archaeological digs yeah. together. Archaeological digs. Digging. <laughs> uh, Sex. <laughs> if you didn't hear the air quotes. Yeah. Samantha, thought, thoughts of the movie? Okay, well, everyone's covered the why <laughs> is it terrible. <laughs> um, there, so maybe, like, there are elements that I really like. Okay. Like, the Dura sisters. Awesome. Canadian, by the way, played by Canadian yeah. actresses. I, Both of them. Yeah. I, I love them. Yeah. So great. Can I just pause on this real quick? <laughs> okay. Uh, I was curious about who played Lursa and Bator. And... Bator looks like she's still a working actress. She's, she looks very, she's very pretty mm. when, uh, without all the, the makeup. Uh, um, when I was on the eye. That's racist, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Human females uh, are so repulsive. Then I went to uh, Lursa's IMDb page, and it made me sad. Why? <laughs> because she's, the only pictures on IMDb for her, for that, that actress, are all in her in the Klingon makeup, and the main one is one from from a convention with her in the costume that she clearly made herself with like the the prosthesis that doesn't really connect properly. Like oh, it's just like yeah. so I was like oh no, this is your claim to fame. Oh man, that's a bummer. <laughs> well, my understanding is they both still go to conventions dressed up. Oh, do they? Yeah. Cool. Well, who, how are you going to know who the hell they are? I know. <laughs> you don't see Dorn doing that though, do you? No. Yeah. Too attractive. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, he's so hot. <laughs> he's a babe. He's a total babe. So okay, um, what did I like? I actually don't mind that they they bring the two captains together in a completely different movie. It could have worked uh, well, and that's not such a bad idea. Like the two of them actually do have a bit of chemistry together, and you can tell that it's not a horrible situation that it would have happened again in a different movie. Um, I love that they use Elorians in the movie. I think, like, giving Guinan a primary role is great. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I mean, you... It's, you justify her existence in the film in a way. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, like, the f- you're like, finally the payoff is, oh yeah, she's Elorian. Their species listens. Which you also, <laughs> which you also would have got from Time's Arrow. The two-parter. No, but I mean, get, like, giving Guinan's character something to do, yeah, sure. I think, is good. <laughs> sure, I agree, I agree. This is, this is the only movie she's in, right? Yeah. 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 Or is she in Nemesis? At the, is she at the wedding between... Uh, if so, she, she doesn't have a line. Troy? I don't think she has a line if she's... I know Wesley's in that scene. Yeah. I was actually wondering why Wesley wasn't in this movie. Yeah, where was Wesley? I don't know. 
He wasn't in deleted scenes. He wasn't he's in the, he, with he, the he, traveler, he, hanging out with a different boy. Yeah. Like nobody's gonna get any of these references. I'm sorry if you've never seen Star Trek. This yeah. is a very nerdy episode. No, this is, that's the deal. That's the deal when you start this. Um, yeah. yeah. So I would say those are my main points that people haven't really touched on. Is that Klingons, Dura sisters, awesome. Mm-hmm. Elorians, I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the two of them together could could have been a good thing if they had done it right. Also, Beverly could have had more lines. <laughs> yeah. No, I yeah. agree. I agree. I think you know. I think that uh, Kirk and Picard, in a maybe like a Back to the Future kind of situation, Doc Marty might have worked better. Like had they been kind of like butting heads. Uh, a little you've got to come back. Like, you've got to come yeah. back with me. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Or more of um, uh, what's the episode? Instead of let me take you outside of the space orgasm, (laughs) so we can fight an overacting British man. Yeah. Oh, also Malcolm McDowell as the enemy. Great. Yeah. That he's He's good. His speech at the end is really good. good. He's Malcolm McDowell. I mean, that that is a great move on Star Trek's part to bring in Malcolm McDowell. And you could see him like really. Delivering those lines, yeah. like it, it was, it was like he was the only one acting. Yeah, I think he wanted to be there. Like, I think Malcolm McDowell was like, "Yeah, I want to be in a Star Trek movie." Hell yeah, yeah, I'll be yeah. in Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I kind of like as as much as as much as uh, like my overall kind of uh, uh, theme of the movie is. I think it's kind of pretty common on the table. Is that it does feel kind of like a bit of like a kind of like a, a long kind of drawn out episode like I'm, I'm pretty sure and again i'm i haven't watched star trek as much as you guys have but i'm pretty sure when they there were certain shots of like the enterprise orbiting the planet or going into warp speed i'm like i'm pretty sure i saw that 1991 when the, when the show was on <laughs> the music was the same like there was there was so much that that looked and felt the same but there were things like i i, I liked i liked the time ribbon idea like i actually kind of like thought that's actually a pretty cool idea yeah, that um, feels really nice. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like so, but yeah, but I think I think there's like there's it it it's it there's that's just not connected, and it's like you know, especially when they when they had like the you know the data thing, like that data little data side plot. I'm like, okay, that's that that's that's what they do in the episode. They have their mission, yeah, and then they have a little personal side plot. So like they could have they could have scrapped that. They could have given Doctor Crusher more lines, and they could have actually like maybe like actually had you know Kirk in the movie for more than like 40 minutes. In a two-hour movie, because he was, he was the first eight and eighteen minutes were all Kirk, and then the last when Picard and Kirk first met, it was like at the ninety-minute mark, and that was, and the rest was just all them. So it's like, you know, give give the fans like have them interact, have them interact on the new Enterprise, have them interact with Data and Jordy and you know and Riker and that sort of stuff. Like just you know, you can bring him into the adventure more as opposed to just like there's a guy over there chopping wood that you might want to bring on your adventure. You should try his eggs. <laughs> he makes amazing eggs, you guys. Although, he actually, the, the, like, he, he was very bossy. He never, he never finished any of that breakfast. He was like, okay, you mix this. Okay, go to the cupboard, get some dinner. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, I, if, it, if it was more of an episode, like, um, what's the one where the two ships crash into each other repeatedly? Uh, oh yeah, you mean with Kelsey, with Grammer. Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Like if it was more of that situation where it's like overlapping time streams where they have to work together to get them each back to their own time. Yeah. Like, and that had more interaction between the two crews. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's a really good idea. I like that. Let's yeah. make a fan film. 
do you, do you write do you write film or television? Yeah. <laughs> you guys realize I just mentioned something that already exists. Yeah, that's that's okay. That's how we make movies. These days. That's <laughs> no, true. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, but isn't this movie the smashing together of two things that already existed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is like two screenplays together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I have a question. Sure. Why does Sauron kidnap Jordy? I have many questions that, that that pertain to this thread, but that's a good that that that's a good question. I want to have an answer. <laughs> I, I, I don't. But yeah, can I, s- s- to put the thing in his he, visor. Can I can I ask another question? But, yeah, but lines? he didn't know he didn't know he was going to do that yeah. when he kidnapped him, and then he like he get he takes he gets him onto the ship, right? His onto the Klingon ship, and then he tells him that he wants to know everything Jordy needs to know about Trilithium when he just used the missile. With the trilithium to blow up the sun. Actually, there's actually a whole. He's like, he must have been like, holy shit! Did you see that? Did you see what the trilithium did? I need to know. How I, need to, to, I need to know how to dispose of this because it's pretty dangerous. I was not expecting that to happen. There's a there's a whole cut scene uh, where he tortures Jordy because um, did you notice when he comes back to Soren and he's talking to the Doras sisters mm-hmm. and they're like, how'd that go? And he's like, his heart just wasn't in it. And there's, there's actually like a whole sequence where he tortures him by like stopping his heart and like, Oh yeah. Oh. So there's like a oh. whole, there's like a whole. Oh, so that was like a clever pun. Yeah. It was <laughs> really? supposed to be like him being like, well, his heart just wasn't in it after he just like, tortured. Oh. I was wondering about that. Cause mm-hmm. it was like, mm, I didn't see any evidence of that. Yeah. See, see my question in that scene was like, was Jordy naked? Because they only show him, he's like, they show him from like, 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 like uh, the midsection up, or like yeah. just kind of like chest up. He's got this like weird kind of like seat belt yeah. wrapped around his neck. I'm like, yeah. is Jordy not wearing clothes in this scene? Like, <laughs> but if he was like tortured by his like his heart being stuck, he bounced back really quickly. Yeah, he's if he's still okay. running around yeah. the engineer, the engineering thing, and yeah. in the new pajamas, and yeah. like telling people what to do. Yeah, in his new pajamas after just having a bath. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the, the new the new Star Trek pajamas, I call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he had the pajamas. old uniform. I know. I like right? that they had both the uniform. You like that? It was no, no. I like that they have the uniform crossover. Like oh, some yeah. of them are wearing the older uniforms. Some of them have like the black. The, yeah. yeah, I hate that they have it's both like, of them. It doesn't make any sense. It's like the new ones didn't get passed out in time or something. Yeah. <laughs> you, didn't, you just didn't get yours yet. Yours is coming next yeah. week on yeah. Tuesday. On, on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. On Tuesday. <laughs> uh, my my favorite part. Oh wait. Also, I love that it's Cameron who is Cameron the, from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, you're uh, just like, of course, Cameron would be an inept my, captain. My, my dad's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah. They oh, should have had it. Uh, John Connor's uh, stepmom is in that scene. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? I don't remember huh? her name. Vas- Vasquez from Aliens, right? Same no actress. way! Yeah. Oh. Holy cow! Now the the one thing I noticed about the, about the new like the, the the new Star Trek pajamas, and I was mentioning this to Greg out before the show, is that Riker looks like he hadn't quite figured out how they work because if you see when he when he's wearing this, the new togs and they've got like that they've got that kind of purplish gray like undershirt thing yeah and then they've got like the black it thing wasn't over top. purplish gray at this point it was like royal purple <laughs> yeah okay yeah so but when you, when you see him wearing it he actually has his black sleeves rolled up. <laughs> About a quarter of the way, yeah. And he's and he's got, he's got like his like his his, his his purple undershirt kind of showing. Is this like nah? Riker's not wearing it like this. It's like whatever. Riker's like, gonna roll it up. Also, I think Riker was wearing eyeliner throughout most of the movie. Really? Yeah. yeah, he was trying on his goth face. Yeah, <laughs> like through like on the ship scene nice. for sure. The opening like sequence, the on the boat on the boat. When they're on the boat, he's wearing some sort of eye makeup, and then for the rest of the movie, I'm like, "Are you still wearing that eye makeup? You just really liked it." <laughs> it looks good for him. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue. He looks good. 
<laughs> Everyone wear eye makeup. Can I say one thing about the ship, the boat scene that really pissed me off? Sure. When Picard calls for the arch, yeah. it appears in the middle of the boat. Yeah. The arch is right by the exit, which means that any human person on the other side of the arch is actually stuck in the wall. It's outside. So oh, yeah. I was like, why did the arch appear there? I mean, other than like an aesthetic choice. But like the nerd in me was like, the science is all wrong. <laughs> well, if you start going down that path. Well, and we're we, going we, to we, talk we can, about we can that. Start, we can start going, it's like, why does that missile take 11 seconds to reach the sun? That's really fast. <laughs> the death, Kirk's death, first death at the beginning, mm-hmm. is a total ripoff of Spock's death. True. Yes, it is. True. Yeah. In Wrath of God. Which was again ripped off in uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, but in reverse. This is a movie we don't talk about. Oh, yeah, that doesn't exist. <laughs> we, had a, we, had, we haven't got to we that, had a two hour we haven't got to that episode yet. The second death is an inauspicious death. Like yeah. When, when Kirk actually dies. Yeah. yeah. It's just... Old man falls from bridge. It, it's, <laughs> falls he with falls bridge. Falls with bridge. bridge. Falls yeah. bridge. Strapped to bridge. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it like... sounds like an artistic <laughs> short film. Old man yeah. falls from bridge. A new film by Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> old man dies on bridge. But like there was an opportunity there. Yeah, to old man on bridge. There was such a huge opportunity for him to do something big. Something like... Like even... Dying by killing Sauron or something like yeah. that would have been so much more interesting yep. than spent old man falls with bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's so flat. Like it's just, there's not. There, it's not just that. Like your your action sequence could really entail anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the fact that like it, like the, what happens in that sequence is kind of boring. Like. The, 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 what happens in the action sequence isn't as important as what's happening between the characters, right? And I'll give you an example of like, the, let's take Star Wars for example. What is the biggest thing that people remember about Star Wars is not necessarily like the lightsaber fights and all that stuff. That is memorable, but it's the turn. It's uh, Luke. I am your father. It's that thing that anybody can recite, right? And, and that's the most important piece of that particular trilogy. Yeah. Right? So, regardless of whether you know how Kirk dies, the the biggest problem is that there's nothing for us to attach to. You know, we when we Kirk dies, and the movie really expects you to feel something because you know that character. Well, movies don't work like that. You need to be able to set up why we care about Kirk dying. And, we, and, and that's the biggest tragedy of the film is that we don't. Like, when he dies, he's just like, you know. Whatever. And we should because we love that series and Kirk. Yeah. And, yeah. It, yeah. and that way, like, it makes it the same mistake that Into Darkness makes where it's like, I don't understand why Spock was so upset that Kirk died because they hadn't established their relationship at that point. Yeah. 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 Kirk and Picard, Picard don't really have a relationship mm-hmm. outside of the fact that now he knows... Kirk's reps, recipe for eggs and toast. Which <laughs> and sounds great. And, sounds eggs, great. and how to and ride a horse. toast, and butter dill, optional. Dill. Dill. No, no, dill. Right. no, no dill. he learns He learns that if you have to break bad bad news to the special woman in your life, you make her breakfast first, <laughs> and it smooths out the edges. But, like, the easiest so in, breakfast so, you can possibly make. Yeah, so Kirk's... <laughs> throw some eggs so in instead, a pan. So instead of going to propose to, to propose to her, you're going to tell her, honey, I'm leaving you to go back to work, but I made you eggs and toast. <laughs> And here's a flower. And she's just like, baby, don't worry about it. 
I got my horse. These eggs are great. Yeah, most these most are important awesome. meal of the day. <laughs> Taken care of. That's the other. You, you know, you mentioned something um, that I don't remember what it was now, but it made me think of this. <laughs> it made me think of this. How many drinks are you in there? That is an eight pack of Lucky Sam. Sam's Robbie Robbie Neal. But um, there were just a few moments where Kirk will say something, and, and Picard gives him this like fawning look. I was just like, I like Picard is. Not a very nostalgic guy, I don't think. He's not big on the emotion. Not no. really, so... His reaction to his, like, family's death is like, things happen. Yeah. He yeah. <laughs> br- breaks, breaks out, does he yeah. try, but these things happen. But these yeah. things happen, and he's been an emotional basket case. Yeah. But, like, just some of the looks that he gives Kirk, where Kirk says something, he's like, Oh, oh you! That's why you're the best captain in Starfleet. <laughs> it was just so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, th- th- this yeah. character would be like... Okay, buddy. Hilarious. You're. A, you're. I can't believe what an interesting dude you are. Let's <laughs> kill this guy. Yeah. Let's let's go blow him up. And also, why did you need to move the universe to get into the Nexus? I like that though. I, I actually didn't. like that. I, I do. Didn't. I do because it's like complicated and. I mean, in, a, in like a know, Star it, Trek way, it, it it's a it totally works. it's a total Star Trek you need maneuver. To blow, you need to blow up solar systems. To yeah, you have to kill see, entire see, planets see, to get what you and want. I, and I, I kind of like that too because like that's like that's where like 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 we we both like that part because like that that's an epic thing they could have done so much more with because yeah. this guy's clearly a madman. He's blowing up solar systems just so he can hop on the little space nexus. Yeah. So it makes him like a super evil, dastardly it, guy. It, you know what? You're totally right. You're yeah. absolutely right. It's a right. super Star Trek thing. And like yeah. the whole stellar cart- cartography scene where they like rearrange the universe to figure out his You mean where they Google path, map the Nexus? Google space. <laughs> uh, but that also, I was like, this is so, such great Star Trek. Like we're, we have a whole science scene. Like what? <laughs> like, did, they take, did they take into consideration if the gravity was there from the... Oh, no, sorry, we didn't do that. Boop, 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 boop. There we go. Now we've got it. Oh, no, no. Like, Data's, like, closing his tabs for porn. It's <laughs> yeah. like Android porn. Yeah. <gasps> we were back... We were talking about dialogue mm-hmm. uh, and Picard spawning and stuff like that. But, like, I was as I was watching it, I was like... Like, on a scale of, like, you know, Star Trek V... <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> to say First Contact, which is the best movie. Um, how bad is this dialogue? Like, oh some of the dialogue in it is terrible. Well, Colin said it earlier. It's like a too-long episode. Why are they getting television writers to write a feature-length Yeah, Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. And they actually, that, that, was, well, that was actually my thought from watching the movie, you know, and, you know, not to, to go into Darkness or, you know, or the J.J. Abrams movie, but that kind of showed me how, like, you need different people to make movies because they do need, like, and, and maybe I know maybe that's just because be, uh, of the movies we've been seeing over the last five ten years, where like the movies we go see now these are these epic, big, massive monstrosities, and you know, so whether you know, and again, whether whether we're, I'm looking at it because of modern movie eyes or whether it's uh, whether it actually just makes sense, they say, say, okay, yeah, you did a great job doing the TV, but we need movie people. Mm-hmm. We need someone to make this look. It, it needs to look. And sound and feel like a movie, and not yeah. just like an episode with twenty minutes of <laughs> of Kirk and Chekhov and Scotty at the beginning, and thirty minutes of Kirk making breakfast 
and walking into his bedroom, which is a horse stable, which I thought was kind of weird. But that's haven't, okay. haven't you ever heard the term, do you live in a barn, Colin? Oh, well, apparently he, he mm. did live in a barn. He lives in so. barn. But I'm going to break your theory because Jonathan Frakes directs the next one, and it's fantastic. That's true. Directs, that's but true. doesn't write. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, that's why I was asking but that one like a big. But that one actually does feel like a big movie, though. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It is. But it's singularly focused. It yes. is abs- like the, And the interesting thing about First Contact is that you've got the stuff going on up in space and the stuff going on down on Earth, yeah. but you know they're going to converge. Yeah, they're converging storyline, yeah. Um, the, so I like talking about this because so one of my notes about what was wrong with this film is bunch of TV hacks with a big budget. <laughs> <laughs> it, it totally suffers from the motion picture uh, oh, man. syndrome, which I actually like as a movie. Oh Pe- my people goodness. hate on that movie, Kay. but it's not as bad as you, people if, think. If, but it is bad because it's a bunch of people who are like, hey, we get to spend a whole bunch of money. I need like a bag of weed to watch my, the motion picture. <laughs> we, like, get through it. Guess what, you guys? We're going to hire Industrial Light and Magic, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> so, this can only end one way. Just, just for reference oh, sake, Star Trek First Contact was written by Rick Berman, Brandon Berega, and Ronald D. Moore. Terrible. Really? The, the trifecta. The same, the, same, the same guy. So successful in spite of itself. Yeah. Huh. Rick Berman was only involved in the story. So he was but, he was probably the guy that was like, let's have Wolf 359 happen again at Earth. That's totally what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that opening battle sequence, I was like, Wolf 359 again? Yeah. Anyway, now we're talking about first. Well, <laughs> so what's interesting about that though is maybe, maybe the maybe the the pro- the main problem with the film is just trying to connect it to the past, trying to yeah. connect it to the original cast. Like, it, com- yeah. it, it basically complicates everything. Yeah, uh, it, you know, you could have a very simple story about the next generation crew, and it could be about the Nexus. I'd be fine yeah. with that. It's just you know when you're trying to overstuff it and have this trying to manufacture a, a torch passing off. Mm-hmm. moment like hey guess what torch already fucking got passed it yeah, got it, passed when the like next generation showed yeah. up on the scene yeah exactly the, the torch was the of eggs yeah and actually that's not a bad movie like soren duress sisters next generation crew yeah it, it hits some of the uh, you know i, I like that i like the duress sisters like i thought they got kind of a fun end you yeah. know, so. I hate that they died. But that they sucks. could have been used more. Yeah. Like you get rid of the, the. They could have. They could have been more of the main villain, yeah. especially if you cut out the the Kirk stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you have more time. And to, they are great villains. They are. Yeah. But it, but if you do that, if you cut out the Kirk stuff, you you there's actually more opportunity to use Guinan more. Yeah. Like she, she could play a, a much larger role doing some of the exposit more expository mm-hmm. stuff, I guess. Uh, do we want to take a, a little break and then we'll come back? We'll 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 actually start. We will. We've talked about what we what bugs us about the movie. We'll talk about what fixes fix this movie. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Let's, let's take a break. We'll be right back. We talk about what we what, why we would fix this film, or we yeah, let's let's let's, let's 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 fix this movie now. So let's uh, let's we'll go we'll start we'll start with Adam first. He's, he's got uh, he's primarily ready to go. Here's how you fix this. How film. do you fix this movie? You don't make it in the first place. <laughs> you entirely skip over generations and get right into first contact. So you're you're, not, you're <laughs> <laughs> that's my cop so, out answer. So your way to fix it is to like okay, we're just not gonna do. Well, okay, it. you're so welcome. 
I'll take my consulting money. I'll be I'll be much more productive. Okay. Than that. I think. I don't know why the studio convinced itself that they needed to do the crossover handoff. I think right. you, just get rid of the original cast and let the let the next generation cast shine and yeah. give give Beverly Crusher a line or two. Yep. You know, I think like she got five, maybe. Did you actually count? I tried. It was like I was trying to keep track, but it was like five. Yeah, so that would be my first thing. Just get rid of the. I like. Don't get me wrong. I love the original series. Yeah, but it just didn't have T- a place. T- here. TNG had been on long enough. Uh, the undiscovered country was supposed to be the swan song. They sign all the everything in the end credits. You brought in like you know Spock and Bones mm-hmm. and everyone in the in, in TNG. Yeah, it's like you know. You know, you don't you don't really need that. No, no, like, I don't think so. I, I, I feel like the studio was afraid that a next generation movie wouldn't sell, and I think that's the main reason why Kirk is there. And I also feel like that's why the it feels sort of stuffed in there because uh, it almost feels like they wrote this 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 movie. Maybe it was an episode that they never used. <laughs> it's about that quality. It might and, then be. They, and then they stuffed Kirk into it. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, instead of going right to first contact, which I it's, that's hard to argue with. That's a great movie. Why <laughs> not make that movie. the first movie? Yeah. But, like, why not make All Good Things the first movie? That is a great series of episodes and a good send off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of a conclusion. So yeah. uh, like, but it's like, like that is that's a good TV like show. Tra- trans- the trans- yeah. like transition. You know what's interesting? I, I actually kind of don't consider the all the next generation movies canon because I hate them all. So <laughs> like that to me, like that's the definitive ending to next generation. It's, it's been done. Like it's a callback to that first episode, and and the Wrath of Khan is a callback to the eugenics wars stuff. Where they there, there was an episode with Khan in it. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it's not like it had. There's no precedent there. Yeah, like yeah. That's that's actually. I actually like that idea. I like that. There's too. two good movie ideas for me, Sam. There's there's lots of things you need to start with. But what would they have spent their special effects budget on? Uh, More yelling midgets in the courtroom future of the future scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> More elaborate robes for Q. <laughs> yeah. Like a spawn <laughs> cloak <laughs> from the spawn 1990s spawn cloak that wraps around the bridge and then sucks into his shoulders. Yeah. Oh, good old spawn. Write this down. We have to review spawn. Okay. Spawn, spawn. Spawn has to come on out. Oh, boy. Yeah. I have some notes. So um, in terms of, like, writing, rewriting the movie, just get rid of the old characters. Yeah. And that's what, that's what, yeah. yeah. Is that, no, is that what, I'm saying is that what you're saying as well? No, I agree. Like, okay. I think, like, Soren is a great enemy. And plot-wise... That's a it's a good idea to have. The Nexus isn't a bad idea. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Soren isn't a bad idea. Doris is great. It could have been a good movie without this the tacked on the old guy. Check off. You 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I was never that. I was, I was never. <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure he's a guy on the crew. Yeah. I, it's like maybe it's like welcome to the welcome to the welcome to the crew. Yeah. Wasn't he like 16 when yeah, he was on he the was show? So, yeah. yeah. They well, brought yeah, yeah. he was supposed to be like a monkey. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's why they gave him that stupid wig. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, I've got very, some reading When you do. watch the original series, it's very clear that that's what they're trying to yeah. do. You know what's popular? He's, the monkeys. Yeah. So let's bring in a guy who looks like his monkeys, but make him Russian. 
Then that's actually a wig that he wears. Was it really? It's not his it's real very hair. Clearly they, a wig they made him wear a too. wig to yeah. look like the monkeys. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. that the monkeys were that I popular. Think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it makes sense too because like that show is always struggling in ratings, right? So yeah. they're trying to do something, anything yeah. to like, well, oh, we gotta connect with younger audiences. This, uh, the the movie also carries the tradition of no matter how well the Star Trek movies do, they always kinda get their budget sort of squished. So even even when they're making this, at first they're going to give them $3 million. Nah, we're going to make it $25. Nah, we're going to just, like, it's always, like, yeah, the studio is never really sort of like, we're going to give you some money, but not. Yeah, by the time they get to Insurrection, they have, like, no money. I yeah. feel like Paramount, for whatever reason, has just never had confidence in Star Trek. I know! It's crazy! <laughs> it's not, this isn't going to last. One of these days, it's not They're like, you know what will make this doable? J.J. Abrams. That's <laughs> the only way we can do it. Well... They love Star Wars. He's perfect. Money wise, Adam, is there anything else? Anything else you want to add mm. as far as like things things you do to change? I uh, I would say um, find a better way to deal with the emotion chip or get rid of it entirely. Okay, that that's a plot line I totally forgot about. Just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. It was just, I, I would agree with that too. Just it became it became immediately obnoxious. Like at first, it was like kind of whimsical. He keeps drinking the drink he doesn't like, but then he remembers a punchline, like. So Data remembering a punchline from the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation is absurd. Because what would happen is you'd put this chip in his head and his everything would just get processed. And he'd be like, I get it. Yeah. That was really funny. Ha! But he wouldn't linger on it. Like he's, yeah. He thinks and behaves faster than anyway. Yeah. Get rid of the emotion chip. Yeah. It's almost like there was an opportunity in first contact mm-hmm. for the Borg to just suddenly be able to activate that in him by assimilating him or something. Yeah. And that would have been just as effective. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Because like you said before, his reasoning for putting it in is terrible. And he's just like, I pushed Beverly into the water. That wasn't cool, so I need to... I need to... Yeah. But also, I didn't understand how pushing Beverly in the water isn't funny. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. It's funny because Dave's an idiot, too. Yeah. I was like, how are you guys not laughing? You got you got to think that Jordy probably wasn't impressed, but everyone else is like, good job. <laughs> that was totally awesome. <laughs> I, I was probably laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until she sensed Beverly's emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Since she's cold. Also, this might be one of the oh. first times that Troy sensing emotions has an effect. Like, she's the only one who kind of realizes that Picard is going through emotional troubles. But at the same time, Kate, like, her job is to not just, like, counsel the captain, but if he's, like, if his thinking is impaired, to be like, whoa, something happened. You shouldn't be working. Oh, that's right. Yeah. What the hell? Give it to Riker in his rolled-up sleeves in his eyeliner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're in charge, number one. Okay. I mean, that's why they call me number one. Yes. There you go. Samantha Power, how would you fix this movie? More Dora sisters. <laughs> More. Uh, just like every time they show up, it's great. And Klingons are always such a great enemy. Actually, I agree with you entirely that like every time they're on the screen, the movie gets instantly brighter and more has more energy. Yeah, and so they should have integrated that more. And getting rid of Kirk, Kirk of course, like gives that space to actually mm-hmm. happen. Um, and maybe explore like how does Soren actually come to work with the Dora sisters? Yeah, okay, like, I was going to ask like, did they ever establish exactly how they got together? Yeah, like why are they? Uh, like, she's trying, they're trying to buy one of the torpedoes off of him. It was or like something? some yeah, kind they of wanted to try to lithium. lithium. Yeah. yeah, so great, I guess. But like, how did he even find them? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Craigslist. Craigslist. That's where I totally understand space, that space that plan Craigslist. because he, they want the the Dora sisters want a the rocket. They want a missile that can destroy a sun. To do what? Yeah. 
Are they gonna <laughs> they gonna blow up the Klingon sun? Or, yeah, they, they're trying to like read like rebuild the Klingon Empire. Yeah. And so Yeah, so that would have been really interesting to flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it could have been this cool like opening sequence with the Dura sisters, maybe on the Klingon homeworld, getting up to their hijinks trying to take over <laughs> like you know. It's not Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> they were always yeah, they get run off. They were always <laughs> the sisters. You can't keep us down. That's kind of their relationship with the empire. It actually, it is. <laughs> yeah. Lovable scamps. <laughs> get out of here, Yo, you guys. Old Kim Peck is running. How <laughs> get you? You guys betray the empires with the Romulan, but fuck. You stole, whatever. My, you stole my ship. Who lets you in here, Rudy? <laughs> How did you get on the home world? Uh, I think that's my main change that people haven't already mentioned. Yeah, fair enough. Greg Beaver. Um, well, I mean, I've said this mul- multiple times already, but Kirk has to go. He doesn't belong. And I agree with everybody here that, that you know, Kirk doesn't belong. Uh, what, I, what I think mainly what we could do with, uh, with Sauron is make him a lot more interesting, right? So, you, you need, like, I, I agree with you that Sauron could be a good villain, uh, but he's not as written because he's still kind of flat. Like just stock character, almost. Yeah, he like he's supposed to have like a connection to Picard, but that's not really fleshed out because they have that ten forward scene where Picard and him meet, and he goes on some sort of like rambling diatribe about time. Time is the thing that's evil or something. It's chasing you with some yeah, shark yeah, or it's grizzly bear. It's the or fire in which we burn. Ah, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Which is actually and, an awesome line. Yeah. And Picard yeah. looks at him as if he, as if he knows he's, what he's talking about. Yeah. But he really doesn't he's at like, all. No. Well, all he can think is like, oh man, my family just died in a fire. Yeah. But, it, but it is a great moment. Like the reaction on Picard's face is like, holy shit, does he know? Yeah. And, and like, I think what they're trying to go because he's an Elorian that he's supposed to be able to intuitively know what Picard's going through. Yeah. But I, I felt like I, I would I would have preferred a little bit more of a direct, like a more direct conversation than something so, uh, you know, spacey, I guess. I just, like, especially when in, in, a, in a movie, like, sh- you know, things that are short and concise work better. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, you don't necessarily have to out and out explain it to the audience, but, you know, be direct and that helps movie plot move along, especially when you don't have a lot of time. I thought what you could do with Soren is uh, is make uh, make the planet, make Viridian 3 that's going to get destroyed, make that like the um, last home home to the last colony of Elorians, right? Mm. So... So Guinan has an interest as well. That's right. Yeah. And so the Elorians are, you know, they're, they're there sort of taking refuge after their planet was destroyed by the Borg. And Sauron's plan, because he's been into the, in, through the Nexus, is that I want to get back to the Nexus, but this planet's in my way, but I'm going to justify that because the Nexus brings everybody joy, it's, right? It's, in, it's this great place to be. So I'm saving my people by putting them into the Nexus. He right? becomes like a Branch Davidian leader from Waco, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that would have been yeah, that's crazy cool. awesome. I like that idea. Yeah. Where were you 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 14 years old, and no I, was, I was, I was playing Power Rangers on, on the fence. With I just discovered my sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello, <laughs> you down there, thingamadoodle. Hey there, fella. <laughs> and in developing that, like, the Dura sisters have some connection. I think they can have it in there somewhere. I'm not, I haven't really worked that out, <laughs> but I'm not going to write the entire it does, script. It does make sense, though, because, like, other, other than, like, that planet having, like, uh, 200 bajillion people on it, yeah. it's going to get blown up. It's like, otherwise, we're like, yeah, okay. Well, that's the thing. is like, this it really bothered me that they were like, they're like, the planet that they're on is uninhabited, but there's a the planet, other planet, another planet that has people. Well, it's not even the same planet that they're on. Like, <laughs> so you don't even get to see the people that they're saving. I yeah. need some fucking connection so, to something. So it's super happen. abstract, not just because they're not on the same planet, but because it's such a, an astonishingly high number of people. It's like 300 million people. You're like, I don't even, I, I don't even know what that means. Like they're, yeah. they're a pre-industrial that's, civilization. That's like, like what? Yeah, I don't, who cares? I don't care. Like, I need, I need to see. Yeah, it needs, it needs I need some to sort of understand what yeah. I'm supposed to care about. Yeah. That's where, that's like, where making that connection to Guinan and to her people and all of all the things yeah. that they've gone through with now the Borg like, and stuff like that. That's, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like and that. it also sort of plays, it, it also means that Soren's arc and Picard's arc aren't actually are married to each other because they're both about family trying to try and you know he's you know his the death of his family and he's and Soren's trying to save his family of Elorians kind of thing so there's sort of like there's some similar themes going on there. Hmm. I like that yeah, a lot that's Greg. a much like better that. movie I like Gosh. That. <laughs> uh, I think that was pretty much it oh and I feel like the Enterprise should have the Enterprise D should have been destroyed by blocking the missile that was being fired at. Yes. Yeah, do something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that I, I don't know how it works bef- before you know they get caught in the nexus, but when they come back, the Enterprise somehow it's like, well, makes we can, it over. We can't hit it with lasers yeah. or because phasers. It's too ulti- fast. Ultimately, the result of of the ship blowing up is an engineering malfunction at yeah. the, after the battle. Yeah. Jordy's like, oh, the magnetic something oh, the coolant's doesn't leaking. work. Oh, and then, let's get yeah. out of here. Then he has to roll coolant underneath the again. door. Because <laughs> Jordy's like a super athlete when that bay door comes down yeah. to protect the, everyone. It's, so the it's just like they're like they're they're getting attacked by the Klingons and then for some reason more core breach. Oh no. This, like, o- this no- over-engineered ship <laughs> Is broken. Yeah, it, like Did, terrifyingly. No, yeah, no. Well, this that, way, there can be there can be a warp core explosion. The weight can hit the saucer section, and then it goes down. And then that also that way, the the actual climax of the film is the fucking climax of the film because the way it's set up right now, the climax of the film is where at the end of the second act. Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. That's the most ex- that's the most exciting part of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So this way, you change it around so that the the first time you see. The saucer section go down is at the end of the movie where the gut punch should be, mm-hmm. right? And then it all feel you know, then it all sort of like comes together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Agreed, agreed. Well played, <laughs> well you. done. All right, Colin. The uh, the you, you make the point about like like you know the engineering section and stuff. Like that. I want to see the Star Trek movie or TV show where they actually have an occupational health and safety officer <laughs> who's just walking around just like noting all these violations because there's no fall arrest anywhere. People are flying off ladders. There's no seat belts on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is a dangerous place to work. You're going to get thrown everywhere. But so I think, can't you keep the coolant in one place? Well, exactly. <laughs> but it was funny because they, they even made the point of like, they made, they made the point of like, oh, our, 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 our tiny little like Klingon ship is going to go up against the the pride of, the, of Starfleet, yeah. the galaxy, which like, shoot it right there. 
Or no, first of all, hot wire Jordy's glasses, you can see the, the frequency which the shields are printed like on a screen. I do I like know. that sequence. Well, I do so, I like the I, moment. Yeah. Yeah, I do like when they when he's I love that the Lursum Bator are like he must be the only engineer that doesn't go to engineering. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, like was that, awesome. Their whole like dialogue uh, with yeah. him, doing the the verbal dialogue on him is great. Yeah, yeah. and like yeah, the, the commentary like like Beverly well, shows yeah. up in it in this vision, yeah. and they're like, Ugh, Earth women are so repulsive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Great. every time they're on the screen, the yeah. movie's instantly better. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd agree. I would agree. But it is a disappointing battle. Like, in terms of, like, yeah. Star Trek battles, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, boy, this is no, like... <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, this is no Star Trek 6. Yeah, this is, this really this is not Star the Trek. battle of the Mutar Nebula, you guys. Yeah. This is, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that coolant. Just get that in. Coolant. I think they'd find something less destructive to, like, cool the ship when yeah. the ship's engine went. Oh, God, the antifreeze is leaking. Well, I mean, maybe <laughs> the coolant itself isn't destructive. It's just that when it leaks, then you don't have any coolant. I guess so. <laughs> so maybe that's not necessarily... It'd be awesome if they Although just started filling first up with con- of water. In first contact, they have like, that flesh-eating stuff that's, like, packaged in, like, a plastic bag. Plasma cool. like, duke. <laughs> yeah, totally. Stab that bag. Sporp. Uh, well, I felt like if an ensign came by with like you know <laughs> he's carrying some tools and he oh, fell over like oh no he ripped a bag full of flesh eating material no if he's carrying it's it and then it's like well. if he's carrying it and his little communicator pin just like pokes it yeah. while he's like carrying it on his chest oh man another oh. plasma cooler death oh. <laughs> let's hope OHS commander Zorb does it. <laughs> 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 so it was the Star Trek from the 50s. Only Jess Commander's Only thing I can think about that, man. Well, so now my notes aren't going to be nearly as, as, as cool and epic as Gregor, how I would change it. Um, I would ditch the data subplot just because it felt way too, way too, uh, like, TV for me. Um, and in the end, you know, he finds Spot, and it's all wonderful, and he starts crying. But his his tears are like almost like mustard. They're like super yeah, like, yeah, bright yellow. yellow. And they're yeah. clearly like it's clearly taking like, the makeup like, off. Data's just... crying mustard. Yeah. Well, how people about that? Although I do, I was thinking this. Sorry, when uh, Brent Spiner, it is the most Brent Spiner data that we've seen. Yeah, like that is Brent Spiner. Yeah, you like, know? yeah. Like he's just playing. Himself. He's just like yeah. He's yeah, just okay. like joking overacting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Overacting. Yeah, just being just be having a lot yeah. of fun and yeah. Um... I would so I actually was you know I know I know this this does get carried away but like you know I guess kind of like seeing the enterprise enterprise get blowed up was kind of like okay we've seen this before and again maybe just because of the how they put it and where they place it in the movie it didn't have that gut punch of like oh god not the enterprise like the, the galaxy class super starship it's kind of like ah jeez again yeah ah it's <laughs> a, you These don't are have expensive the, you don't like, have the feeling <laughs> of like this is the ship that has carried us through seven seasons. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, this is this yeah. is where my Friday night was. This yeah. is this is everything, the holodeck and the ready room. And <laughs> there's none of, that, none of that nostalgia. It's just, just head first into the dirt. They should have had to, someone should have had to drag Barkley out of the holodeck when the saucer was separated. <laughs> or just been like, been a good, good move. Yeah. Is everyone on board? Well, Barkley's still in the holodeck. Ah, I'll leave him. He's just on the holodeck with like all, well, the, don't the, all the crew. We don't have time. Like, Did someone remember to save the computer core to Dropbox? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, Moriarty died. <laughs> Nerd reference. 
That's a deep cut for the that's, real Star Trek fans. That's well done. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually going to go a little bit a little bit off base, and I'm actually going to say I actually like I actually want more Kirk and Picard in the movie. Um, I know. Double down. Well, Why just not? like again, again, like I think I think like if you if you make the movie, you 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 use you use more of the Dora sisters. You have more stuff with the Nexus, and you kind of make that you, know, you have a connection to the planet. They're going to blow up. Like make it like this like big otherworldly disaster that's going to happen. And I don't know how you bring Kirk into that earlier. Maybe you find him early. Maybe you have like they, they do that trip in the Nexus really early. I don't know, but maybe like, but you actually have like if you're if you're going to have this like this like give the Kirk and Picard adventure, then make it an adventure, not make it just making breakfast and going on. Yeah, he, yeah. he has about yeah. as much screen time as you as you think that his uh, he was negotiated for is kind of what it feels yeah. like, right? Like the most amount of money for the so least yeah, amount of time. Yeah, I mean he. I, I almost like even in the special features. You watch some of the special features, and you can see that it kind of grinds his gears that he's not the star of the film. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Which which would make sense. I don't know. Even even going into like into the later films about how he wanted to be in the J.J. Abrams movie, and they yeah. said, "Okay, here's what here's what we're going to give you," and he's like, "Nah, that's not good enough." And he's like, "All right," and you get nothing. Yeah, yeah there's, makes, there's that makes sense. There's a, there's a, an interview where he's kind of talking about how it's weird that uh, Captain Kirk is being told what to do. In this film, yeah, and yeah. So he's like, he yeah. clearly, like, yeah, he doesn't like it. He doesn't. Mm. I think he would he, like, if, at least if you told him, like, well, you're going to be the star of the film, you know, yeah, it, you're going like, to be maybe in this movie. Negotiated more time out of him. Yeah, of, like, you know, in that in in that case, then Colin's idea of of having more of the two of them, there could have been a hell of a lot more tension there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, you one, can you can actually have like the competing. They have you know, two different very. Very yeah, they're so they're style. so yeah. they're so different as captains, right? And there's like like the like what's the biggest what's a, who's a better captain, Picard or Kirk? You could have actually seen that played out on the screen of like you know of just well, there's you know there's there's some meaty goodness right there. Yeah, I think they just it should, it should just be called Star Trek Missed Opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's a really good one. Um, if we take a look at some of the comments we got uh, just like on social media on our Facebook page. Um, uh, Evan writes uh, he wanted to see the original ending of the film and that's where actually where Kirk gets shot I think just, he, he dies by just getting shot by Sauron and that's yeah. it um, he gets, yeah he just got shot in the back I, I don't know like the, the edit that I saw he, he's, the, Evan posted the YouTube video and it's unfinished clearly yeah uh, but I kind of didn't really feel like it was that much different hmm. yeah I, mean, now, when, the, I mentioned that earlier like how the, how the action occurs doesn't really matter so much as like the weight behind it right yeah the, now the reason they ended up changing that ending was because uh, when they did this, some screenings of the film the audience the, the reaction they got was that they felt Kirk's death should be more epic than getting shot in the back with a laser gun so that's why they built in the the bridge falling down a cliff, and he's hanging. He on was to it. killed by the bridge. <laughs> the thing he stood on for so many <laughs> years. <laughs> Only Vic oh, no, in a chair. It's so ironic. <laughs> uh, um, other people uh, mentioned. Uh, who else we have here? Um, uh, actually, uh, Andrew writes that so you wanted more original uh, crew at the beginning and more passing of the torch. Uh, didn't uh, didn't like didn't like uh, how the how the Kirk send off went, but said. Uh, plot is fine, but I would prefer something uh, a villain more steeped in Star Trek lore. So again, maybe use hmm. you know yeah. the the Dora sister a little bit more, or Q, or yeah, or Q, or something along those lines. Um, and yeah, and uh, they just uh, just posted a picture of uh, uh, Kirk and Spock and doing a kind of a band sort of thing. <laughs> they're in a they're in a, like, yeah, a they're 60s in a little, band. little say a sixties band. I have one too from David Ma on Twitter. He says it's sort of unfixable without redoing the entire concept, which is what Adam said. So good Skip on you, Skip right David. over it. 
<laughs> uh, and he also says, more Mr. Tricorder. More yeah. Mr. Oh Tricorder. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's almost as bad as the Life Form song. Uh, yeah, I, if I were Jordy, I'd been like, Jordy, we did that with our Tricorders at the fucking Academy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Smack>. <laughs> it's been it's, done. It's not amateur hour here, Data. <laughs> I like that Life Form song. If I were Data, I'd just play pranks on people, but like, pulling my arm off and smacking it with it. <laughs> you know, that's that's what, like, he... There's a deep well of humor there. That's a joke. There, 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 he just takes his arm off and just beats the shit <laughs> yeah. out of Beverly with her. Shut or, 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 or That was not funny, Data. <laughs> or, maybe, or, maybe, or maybe that's a thing, like, he gets the emotion chip, and it's a, like, Data's very much like a gentleman. He's always kind of been, but then he gets in the emotion chip, and he just turns into, like, a bro. Yeah. Like, bro pranks are just, like, the worst, like, unlikable person on the ship. Just, like... Oh. Oh, this was set to sociopath. Uh, a puka shell necklace. Why is Data wearing bracelets? Why Why is Data wearing a a, a fedora yeah. <laughs> and sleeveless shirts? That's not regulation. Uh, yeah, that's I would that. Just like a regular, like a regular Stark Star Trek <laughs> uniform. Just the sleeves <laughs> just ripped up. Just like, just like, guns. like a bad scarf. Or instead of wearing like the royal purple shirt underneath, just nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just unzipped. He's got little Android hairs popping over the top. Oh, plastic hair. Do we? Do do we dare recast? Now who's the hottest? (laughs) (laughs) Do we dare recast this movie? Yes. Who who wants? Who wants to dare? Who wants to take a stab at it first? Who wants to? Who wants to go first? Who's ready? Uh, I do. Okay, Adam's gonna go first. So, So I'm sorry to say this, but because of the role they played in the film, I would recast Beverly Crusher as a pile of coats. And as Commander Riker, uh, a pile of dirtier coats. <laughs> Those are my two favorite characters. They do nothing in this film. They're so terrible. They're just like hey, furniture. Riker finds the photo album. I suppose. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you really should have stored this on Dropbox. Uh, I would. I would have actually recast um, Guinan. I would have cast Retta from Parks and Rec as Guinan. Okay. Because she would just been like, uh, she, like a little bit of space attitude. Yeah. Be like, Picard, what the fuck are you still doing in the Nexus? <laughs> that kind of thing. Also, when she spots Soren in 10 Forward, she'd be like, hey! Yeah. Treat you! Yourself, treat yourself! Soren! <laughs> Is that you? Um, Worf, I would have recast for no other reason except the first scene as Michael Phelps. Which <laughs> uh, is... Jordy would be the two below deck guys from the Alien movie. The guys who are always asking about their bonus. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like they could roll under the bay door that's coming down. <laughs> Data, uh, this would have this movie would have been improved if Jim Carrey had played Data. It would have been funnier okay. if Jim Carrey had played Data. Fair enough. Now, there's a, there's a certain... It's pretty close. The mask quality to that yeah. scene where he's laughing constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay. Kirk would be Harrison Ford, circa clear and present danger. Okay. Soren Soren would be Javier Javier Bardem from Skyfall. <laughs> oh, there you go. I just think that would be way funnier, like villainous and super gay. Yeah, uh, and Picard would be Liam Neeson from Taken. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Yeah, because like, I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> yeah. My Earl Grey hot. That's so a little stupid. bit. That's a little bit more Picard in First Contact, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. They turned into a big I'm coming for you, Borg. Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, I just really wanted First Contact to be the first. Yeah. Movie. 
Especially with the pile of coats. The pile of coats. <laughs> that's good. Because it is about as upsetting when they throw Beverly off when she is thrown off the boat. It's just like it's like when you go to a party and they're like, oh, just throw them on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Beverly. Poor Beverly. <laughs> Beverly although, needs to do something in this film. Although, uh, eh, throw her off the boat. <laughs> Why would she get thrown off the boat? I don't know. Worf gets promoted. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Well, you see this So, Troy, you're going you're gonna to pilot the ship and you're going to talk to Picard. And Beverly, you're just gonna check Jordy for something, and <laughs> yeah. get them in the water. Jo- uh, give check Jordy's glasses subs- prescription. Oh yeah, I love that she doesn't even have a line in that. Like the appearance over the yeah. visor, like she doesn't even have an audible line. Yeah, she's just like, hey, hey. Girl. wait. <laughs> Uh, who's who was it? Sam Gray? I didn't actually do a recast because I don't understand recasting Star Trek. The All right, I'll okay. show. Why would you? Yeah. Right. I wouldn't. I, I didn't understand the assignment, I guess. Okay. Before, uh, <laughs> I did it for the walls. Before I get started, I would never recast the yeah. uh, next generation because they're perfect the way they are. Having said that, let's recast them. So, Jean Luc Picard, a Tom Hardy. Because, you know, he was. It's been done. We established in the last, in the first episode of I Have Some Notes that Tom Hardy can play anyone. Yeah. It'd be anywhere. awesome, though, he's, if he's a universal actor. Tom Hardy with the Bane mask on. <laughs> but he's in, like, he. you can't hear anything he does in any movie he's <laughs> yeah. ever made, ever. He That's doesn't make you any sense. You hold the cone, number one. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sir. You hold me. <laughs> I think I do. You will do your duty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's leaving, so I guess I have the con. <laughs> you were merely born on Viridian Moon. <laughs> you were adopted on Viridian I was born in <laughs> All right. Uh, William T. Riker would be Kit Harrington. Game oh, of Thrones. You know nothing, Meg Beaver. <laughs> uh, Data would be Alan Tudyk. Well, that's, uh, that's, I can see that. Yeah. I think we all agree that Brent Spiner was just no good in this film. <laughs> <laughs> or it was written badly. Big data was written badly. Yeah. Idris Elba would be Worf. Okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, Deanna Troy would be Natalie Emmanuel, who is Missandei on Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. Mm. Uh, Jordi LaForge would be Donald Glover. I actually thought of that earlier today. I think he'd be perfect for it, actually. And it's funny because his character on Community is obsessed with LeVar Burton. Yeah. Oh, really? oh, there you go. Uh, Scar Jo is Beverly Kushner. Uh, or a pile of coats. <laughs> Both. Close. <laughs> you, you could throw in some good product placement in. Like, yeah. Coats provided by, I don't know, Scarlett Johansson. Gap or something. Uh, Guy would be Viola Davis from How to Get Away with Murder. And Soren, I would gender flip to Lena Hetty. Ooh, I like oh, that. Oh, there you go. That's good. Oh, there you go. She was so good in Dread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do anything for Kirk because I don't want Kirk in this movie. Oh. Right? You you uncast him. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, yeah. He's not he would be my pile of coats. He's not. He's not here. My 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 cast is, is kind of like kind of like Adams. We're just kind of like I don't have any coats, but I kind of go like, like this is this is this is not to say this would make a better movie. This is just me just kind of like thinking of the first people in Adams giggling already. So. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, Beverly Crusher would be Lucy Lawless. Um, Troy would be Sarah Silverman. Oh boy, uh, that would be the most. I would. Like, I would throw. Most I would, I would throw. I would throw. I would throw Rihanna into the role of Guinan. 
Sauron, just because we've established he's the, now the greatest villain actor of all time. Uh, this and this is for Mark. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg is Sauron. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, Jordy would be played by Tracy Morgan. That would be hilarious. That would make the scenes with Data better. Yeah, Data would. would be Steve Carell. Also better. Just because you should have, you should, you should, because you'd have as many comedians as you can. Riker would be played by Nick Offerman. Old Kirk would be played, would be played by Clint Eastwood. And Captain Picard would be played by Liam Neeson. You wrote Liam Neeson? I That's wrote awesome. Liam Neeson this afternoon. That is so funny. And there we go. Now, we've, I'll we've, find you sore on it. <laughs> we've, and we've, in, in, we've, in this episode, we've fixed generations, and now with our casting, have destroyed it. Yes, yes. Ruined it. Ru- ruined Reconstruct, deconstruct. Yeah. Reconstruct, deconstruct. Except um, for my casting, which was the greatest. Except for your casting, which was great. <laughs> well, I would like to see Lena Headey in a Star Trek movie. Yeah, I would too. That as, would be as good. a villain or a protagonist. Villain. I think villain. She could be the Enterprise Occupation Health and Safety Officer. <laughs> she could be one of like the, the, she could be one of like the big dick admirals because every admiral is a mm. huge. Oh yeah, yeah. For some reason, there yeah, you go. Admirals are the worst. <laughs> they think they know it all. Yeah. They have those funny buttons on there. <laughs> and epaulets. Yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, all we have. Uh, I think that's the. Uh, I think we have, that's the show. That's folks. the show, guys. Uh, let's. I want to thank Adam, Sam. Thanks uh, for for coming out. Thanks for having us. You, Thanks you are, for letting you, us I talk think, Trek. I, I think uh, we've we've. I think we haven't discussed this, but I mean, if we do more Trek episodes, I think you are a Trek panel. We will insist upon it. <laughs> so yeah, because I think at some point we do want to get into the the JJ Abrams oh, no. something or other. So again. <laughs> I have some thoughts we'll, about we'll, we'll make sure we'll, I, yeah. I'll make sure that episode of really, Mark is really explicit. Do we'll have the little next generation movie as well. Oh, man. Easily. Yeah, some of those are really bad. Uh, where can where can guys find you? Do you want to like at least promote anything? Their Twitter, or Instagram, radio show. Uh, if you listen to CJSR eighty eight point five FM every Wednesday morning from seven to nine AM, Sam and I have a show that we do. Where we talk about much of what we discussed Basically tonight. Basically the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's more focused around Star Trek Six usually. Yeah. And the music well they're from. Yeah. yeah. As well as shit. <laughs> Perfect. Guys, thanks for coming out. Thank you. And, uh, if you guys have, uh, if, uh, if, you have, if you have notes for us, you can uh, find us. Uh, yeah. How did we do this episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we're on Facebook. Uh, like I, I have some notes on Facebook. Twitter. Yeah. At I have some notes. Yeah. Cool. And the MySpace page is coming soon. Still a thing. Or we're gonna put on Dropbox. Or, or Peach. Or LL. Or Any of those fancy new social networks. There we go. Alright, that's it. Keep watching the skies! <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. May the force be with you. <laughs>